Hey, hey, hey! Heads up, bitches. Welcome to another episode of Cut the Shit. I am Christian Tucker, giving you just another idiot's view of the world. I will be ranting and raving about this week's crap that has caught my attention for its stupidity or its uniqueness or its newsworthiness, or at least what I deem newsworthy anyways. As always, don't forget to catch us on the web at www.cuttheshitalready.com. There you will find links to hit to subscribe to our podcast. Also, you'll find a link to Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at PLZ Cut the Shit, as well as Facebook. You can go to www.facebook.com forward slash cut the shit already forward slash. Got something good to say or pass along? Do it at any of these locations. Got some putrid shit to spew my direction? Do it there also, dirtbag. We welcome it all. Okay, so let's get this shit going, shall we? Hello, 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 and good morning. It is morning for me. Welcome to episode 9 of Cut the Ship Podcast. I don't normally do these in the morning, but it's Sunday and I have nothing else to do. So let's get some stuff done. Today, let's talk about uh, judgment of Mel Gibson by those in Hollywood and across the country, really. So I saw Daddy's Home Part 2 over the holidays. Nothing special. I mean, it's good. It's what you expected, and it had its moments, good and bad. With that said, I want to discuss uh, Mel Gibson and his part in it, and people's reactions since then. As far as the role goes, I thought he was good as Mark Wahlberg's father, and there's no denying the electricity and chemistry he brings to the screen, you know, with his sparkling blue eyes and a dash of wild thrown in for good measure. Some pundits... Fans, critics, said it was about time to forgive Mel and allow him back into Hollywood, and cited his successful turn as director of uh, Hacksaw Ridge, which I don't know if anybody's seen, but it was a good movie. So then you have others, though, screaming from the mountains that he should never, ever be allowed to work again. Even director Mark Duplass, who, you say? Mark Dumbass? Sorry, that was too easy. Mark Duplass tweeted he would not see the movie because of Mel's involvement. So it was nice to see Twitter users kind of clap back about forgiveness and time to move on. And I agree. We will get into his exploits, if you want to call him that, here in a bit. But after the Jewish rant, Mel met with many Jewish leaders and religious figures, kind of under the radar. He contributed time and money to them and their causes. He spent a better part of a year meeting and discussing and helping them while helping himself. He came out and publicly apologized for his hurtful words and said he did not truly believe it. You can believe that or not. really not important, okay? But the time and effort he put into making it right can't be denied. Okay, so his, um, his sugar tits remark? I mean, really? Alec Baldwin has done 10 times worse with his name calling, such as faggot and other homophobe remarks. Not once, not twice, but multiple times, caught on camera. Not an eye was batted when he did it. So let's lay all that shit to rest right now. Sugar tits is not the worst thing to call somebody. What if he had called her a fucking dumb cunt? What's worse, sugar tits or fucking dumb cunt? It's ridiculous. So you say, what about the recordings and horrible things he said to his Russian's baby mama? Let's just be 100% honest here, okay? No bullshit. She was a gold digger that got pregnant, 
set him up and took him down. You say I'm crazy? Okay, let's go through it then. Mrs. Say I'm crazy. First, make no mistake, Mel is a tragic and flawed figure. But aren't most actors, by the way? Anywho, Mel's a recovering alcoholic. He left his wife or she left him. I'm not sure if it was ever confirmed how that went down since there was no since there was an NDA. He hooks up with uh, Oksana, that was her name, that's the Russian woman's name. He then gets her pregnant. I'm sure much to her delight. According to an April 15th, 2015 article, he leaves her after she pressured him to marry her. And she went off the rails when he reneged on his promise to marry her. And can you blame him? He had to split half his 300 million fortune with his ex. Why do that again? Possibly, if things don't work out. So she just sees her big payday go out the window. A brief romantic pass update on Oksana, okay? She was married in 1989 for three months to a Russian lawyer, Igor, Igor Baranov. In 1992, she married a British artist, Nicholas Rowland. That didn't even last three years. She then had a relationship with the actor Timothy Dalton, you know, the old James Bond. Oksana met Dalton in 1995 while she was employed as a translator for the film Nikita Mikhailov. Nikita Mikhailov. Anyways, I don't, I can't even pronounce it. Uh, Dalton and uh, Oksana had a son together, born in 1997, named Alexander. They broke up around 2003. She met Mel then in 2007, and she split from him in 2010. Do you see a pattern? This chick is good for about three, maybe four years, and then she's bouncing. So she meets Mel and thinks her train has come in. I mean, he's a much bigger star than Timothy Dalton, right? She gets pregnant. Now she really feels she has him locked down. He promises to marry her, and now she knows she's set for life. But then Mel breaks it off, and there's not going to be a marriage. She is seeing that all slip away. You still don't think she was a gold digger? How's this then? In 2010, Mel Gibson offered her a settlement worth approximately $15 million, but Oksana refused it. She turned down a $15 million cash out because she wanted more, and in her mind, she was going to get it. She fucked with him, played with his emotions, threatened to go back to Russia with her daughter. She wound him up so fucking tight that he loses his shit, and she records it all. How convenient. By the way, guess what? She didn't end up getting $15 million or even anything more than that. She ended up only getting $750,000 and a house. And the house is only until the kid graduates high school. So even better, this loudmouth bitch went on Howard Stern and broke her NDA and lost half that money back to Mel. <laughs> That's what gold diggers do. They're fucking so greedy, they fuck all their shit up. Have you heard his phone rant on her? It is the sound of a man who is at his wit's end and has been pushed over the edge. Not a man who just got pissed off during a normal argument. You would never convince me that she didn't play him like a fiddle. Oh, and what about the domestic abuse charges where he broke her tooth, supposedly? Guess what? There has been no proof of a broken tooth. And also, guess what? She dropped the domestic abuse charges. If there was indeed domestic abuse and a chipped tooth, the district attorney would have picked up the charges regardless of whether she wanted them to be dropped or not, and he would have prosecuted. 
But again, no proof the charges were dropped. And don't say, well, Mel's a Hollywood figure and they didn't want to pursue him. Bullshit. He was public enemy number one at the time. Every prosecuting attorney in the country wanted to fucking zero in and bag this guy. So don't believe me? Do a Google search. Hell, go to her Wikipedia page. That's where I found out all the information about her three-year marriages over and over and over. Now, let's get back to his phone rant. Have none of you ever been so unhinged at a lover that you lost your fucking shit and said horrible fucking things to hurt them or to cut them deep? They hurt you by cheating on you or leaving you or not loving you like you loved them. An argument breaks out and then it heats up. At this point, she starts recording, by the way. And now you are full-on mental, out of your fucking head, saying the most hateful shit just to hurt them is bad, if not worse, and they hurt you. You know you fucking have. I've done it. Not once, not twice. I've done it probably 50 times in my fucking life. What if your significant other threatened to take your child back to their home country? You know, let's say Russia. You're not married. You have no parental rights at this point as a father. Would you not lose your fucking mind at the thought of losing your kid to fucking Russia and never seeing this kid again? I am so sick of all these hypocrites spouting righteous indignation about how he spoke to her. I have heard women speak the same way to a man that hurt them terribly by cheating or something. So cut that shit too. I can tell you straight the fuck up. I have lost my shit numerous times that we just kind of mentioned before. And to be honest with you, if somebody had recorded me on any of those times, I'd be fucking mortified. Because I come off sound like a out of my mind fucking lunatic asshole. Because I was hurt. I was fucking wounded. I can also guarantee that you two have had similar meltdowns and would also be mortified if your meltdown was recorded and played on national TV. Why are we all so quick to judge and condemn without knowing all the facts or without looking at them objectively? The fact is the recordings are as an outsider watching the powerful brought to their knees. It's delicious and tantalizing and people want them to be true and want to watch a powerful man fall. Take for instance, the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s. They were a dynasty. After their fourth Super Bowl win, everyone wanted them to fail and fail spectacularly. Let's talk now. The Patriots, Super Bowls tonight, by the way, now have five Super Bowls. And Brady is the GOAT, right? Greatest of all time. But everyone outside of Boston wants them to crash and burn so badly. Most of the United States is rooting for Philadelphia to win just because they're sick of the Patriots winning. It's the same mentality with Mel Gibson. People love a good fucking train wreck. And they want somebody to be brought to their knees. And this man's life was going off the rails. Unfortunately for him, someone recorded every horrible minute, and we all ate it up in its glorious flames and carnage as just good entertainment. We then let pundits, TV, and Hollywood tell us it was all horrible and unforgivable. While that night, those same people went home and beat their wife, cheated on their spouse, molested child actors. Harvey Weinstein did all types of crazy shit in that time period, I'm sure. So fuck them and all who bought that lying bullshit from Oksana. Wake the fuck up, people. Use your own goddamn minds and critical and analytical thinking and just cut the shit. While we're at it, let's talk about some other stupid shit. Bicyclists. Damn smoke. So, hey, I currently live in the Dallas metropolitan area. It's a town of excess. Too many restaurants and bars and shopping. This town is truly designed to separate you from your money. 
and Dallas-Fort Worth has lots of money. And the designers are very good at their jobs. So the traffic and freeways here are fucking horrible. People drive like maniacs, as I have shared uh, some of my driving frustration with you in the past. But today I realize I have another issue with the residents of this fine city. Come to think of it, everywhere from Kansas City to Florida to here, I see the same group of idiots, and I bet you do too. But Dallas, I have to be honest, has taken it to another level. What am I referring to? It's fucking bicyclists. You know, not mom and dad riding around the neighborhood with the kids. Not that type of bicyclist bullshit. I mean these huge groups of bicyclists that ride around all dressed up in their spandex gear, looking or rather acting like they are Lance Armstrong or fucking some shit. Dallas is not the Tour de France, fuckers. Grapevine, Hearst, Euless, that's not the fucking Tour de France. Seriously, what the fuck? They have bicycle groups or gangs here, and they get together and terrorize small towns and neighborhoods in packs of 30 or more. They're like rabid fucking dogs. These fucking idiots take up two lanes of road and expect you to fall in line behind them and travel at their pace. I currently live in a lake community here, and man, on the weekends, these motherfuckers take over. A normally five-minute run to the gas station takes ten or more minutes because of these asshats. To get back to my house, I have to go 10 to 15 miles an hour in a 35 zone because I have a pack of idiots in spandex blocking my route. Why do they have to travel in such large packs? Is it a safety in numbers type of bullshit? You know, why do they have to wear uniforms again as if they're the Tour de France? Why do they have to take up the entire fucking city streets? Why do they not stop at stop signs and stoplights? I mean, you're using the road, you're supposed to follow the laws, and you run red lights and stop signs. So again, I mean, if you're on a city street and you want us to respect you, then you need to respect us and the laws. Stop at intersections, you fucking idiots. Why do you think you don't have to do this? Is it even legal for them to do that? I I don't know, and if so, why? Who approved that bullshit? If you try and pass these fucking idiots, they'll yell at you. Excuse me, motherfuckers, what? I'm not gonna lie, I fantasize about stealing a car and then finding a group of them and just mowing them down, then pull into a parking lot, get out of that stolen car and just walk away that's how much i hate you fucking bicyclists you're pompous arrogant self-entitled worthless pieces of shit and that's how you act guess what i talked to non-bicyclists and they all hate you too and agree 100 percent with me so it's pretty much a consensus everyone hates you do you even care i get the feeling that you don't so would you like to know how disrespectful they can be Besides them intentionally slowing down when cars are behind them as they block all the lanes, I mean. In Kansas City, I lived on a private lake with private roads paid for by the residents. Packs of these fucktards would come into our community and take up both lanes of the road. It was a two-lane road. One going in, one going out type of thing, right? They would come in and take up the entire damn road, both lanes. A pack of 30 or more, and it would take you 20 minutes to get to your house because of them. When I would tell them, hey, these are private roads and you need permission to be here, they'd tell me to fuck off and to make them leave. I mean, what the fuck? Disrespectful much? So, you want respect and you want drivers to watch out for you, 
but you fucking asshats would do nothing to give the same back. You do not give back the same amount of fucking respect that you were asking for. You go in areas you're not permitted to, and then you have a holier-than-thou fucking attitude about it all. Fuck you. And if you're one of these asshats and you never knew how people actually viewed you and your groups, you do now. So cut the shit. No more excuses. While we're at it, let's quickly touch on motorcycles. In traffic on a freeway, so far, it is only illegal in California, even though it shouldn't be. But driving in between cars on the dotted white lines is stupid, reckless, and will get you killed one day. While in the same traffic, taking the shoulder to avoid the traffic is also just stupid and wrong. Wait like everyone else. Here's another group of enthusiasts that feel the rules don't apply to them. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. Understand? You want to have us look out for you and respect you on the roads as well? Then give the same respect back, asshats. Doing 85 and swerving in and out of traffic, barely missing the ass end of cars is dumb. And I hope you clip someone one day. Oh, I'm mean, you say? Fuck you. I'm driving safe and within the confines of the law. Why can't you do the same? And, you know, those young hot rods on rice burners doing wheelies down the interstate? (sighs) Yes, we all pray you eat it too. Listen, I don't want you to die or severely injure yourself, but maybe some gnarly road rash and a near-death experience will wake your ass up and calm your tits down. In the same vein of respect here, one night uh, me and the old lady went to dinner at a local pizzeria. It was on a Friday night. We expected it to be busy. Uh, I mean, it is a Friday night after all. And it was busy. It's one of those bring-your-own-bottle-of-wine type places. It's a nice setup, and this place sat 30 to 40 people would be my guess. The place is two-thirds full when we get there. After ordering and having our pizza delivered to us, a group of 20 to 25 people come in with a ton of kids and presents and balloons. It's an obvious birthday party. But guess what? These asshats did not make reservations or plan in advance. They just showed up to the pizzeria and expected to be accommodated on a Friday night. So these people, they take a look around and you could see them talking amongst themselves and pointing to random empty tables and you know they're, they're, they're trying to figure out how they're going to accommodate everybody and get everybody in here. Not the restaurant management, the people who showed up for the party. They then go over to management and ask, can we move some people to different tables and move some tables around? What? You're coming in here to this restaurant asking tables that are already sitting there eating to move around so your group can get together? And you didn't fucking plan ahead? You planned ahead enough to send invites to people for the party. You planned ahead and you brought and wrapped gifts. You purchased balloons and party favors. So you did plan ahead, but you didn't think to plan ahead and reserve tables at a place you were going to have the party at. You are a fucking special kind of stupid and you need to stand there looking like idiots in front of the entire restaurant kudos to the management for telling them they were free to take the remaining tables spotted throughout the restaurant but they were not going to ask their guests to move to a different table to accommodate their dumb fucking asses so guess what i stayed probably 20 minutes longer than i normally would have one to spite them and not give up my table which was in a prime location The entire time, they were glaring at me, and each time someone looked at me, I would just shake my head in disgust, making it kind of clear to them, you're a dumbass, and now they know I know you're a dumbass type of thing. 
With that said, in the end, I did feel badly for the kids, for having such stupid parents and keeping them from having a good birthday. So I finally succumbed and gave up my table. Told the kids to have fun, then gave my best, you're a fucking dumbass look to the parents as I walked by. So one last thing, boy look at that smoke, on respecting people and so forth. I keep seeing articles on Gizmodo, BuzzFeed, Yahoo News, and MSN, and they are all on the same subject. What bartenders or waitresses would love to tell you. I read them, guess what, it's all whiny, bitchy, crybaby shit. How about this? You're paid to do a job, and that job is to serve your customers. We don't care if you don't like when we ask if you can make a special drink. You're a bartender. Shut the fuck up. You make drinks, so do it. If we're rude about it or assholes about it, you could say that, but that's not what you say in the article. You say you hate having people ask you for special drinks. We don't care if it irritates you when we ask for extra napkins or to split the bill. And for there to be multiple articles about the shit you don't like about your job, Wah, too fucking bad. Hey, listen, I love and respect bartenders and waiters and waitresses, and for the most part, they're all great people. We all have aspects of our job we hate or that are irritating. But you make your living off tips, and as long as someone isn't asking you for stupidly outlandish shit that your business does not do or offer, then accept it as part of your job. Lose the attitude and cut the shit. If it's a part of your job that you can no longer stand and you hate everything about it, then that job's not for you. Get the fuck out and go work at a warehouse or Best Buy or fucking AT&T selling cell phones. All right, but what I don't want to hear is how you hate that a paying customer who is coming into your establishment and who you rely on for tips that you hate things that they do. Again, if it's the guy picks his nose and wipes it on the napkin there at the fucking bar and gives it to you to throw away, I get that. Everybody would hate that. But if he asks you, hey, can you make a Hemingway daiquiri, and that fucking irritates you, and that sends you off the fucking rails, fuck you. I get it. You're busy. You're doing lots of things, blah, 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 blah. All you have to do at that point is say, no, we don't make any specialty drinks. What else can I get you? Handle it any way you want to handle it. But to sit there and and talk about how you hate what customers do, it's ridiculous. So anyways, listen, thanks again, guys, for joining us. Uh, This was episode nine of Cut the Shit Podcast. And um, as Ron Burgundy always says, stay classy, and we'll see you next time.